No Directions Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage is brought to you by Roll for Combat's new Fall of Plaguestone Pathfinder 2e actual play podcast. Featuring Stephen Glicker, Jason McDonald, Rob Tremarco, and No Directions own Lauren Sig and Vanessa Hoskins. Find it and other Pathfinder and Starfinder podcasts, interviews, and reviews at RollForCombat.com. No Direction presents our Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. We'd like to thank our seminar team, Lauren Sieg, James Ballad, Vanessa Hoskins, and me, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. We'd also like to thank Peyton Smith from Paizo for helping getting this produced. This content and more great seminar coverage, as well as Pathfinder and Starfinder content, is available at NoDirectionPodcast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, second Pathfinder 2nd Edition panel of Gen Con 2019. Woo! Look, we swapped chairs, Twitch. That's right, we all <laughs> moved around. Uh, I am Jason Bullman, the Director of Game Design, and... Uh, this panel is how to make a character for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. And uh, I'm going to let the rest of uh, the panel here introduce themselves before we uh, get started. Uh, I'm Logan Bonner. I'm one of the designers who worked for the last three plus years on this new game. And has worked at Paizo for many years before that. I'm Mark Seifter. I am also one of the designers who worked at Paizo, all of the things that Logan said, but a few fewer years than him. <laughs> So one of the things we're going to do here today is we're going to we're going to uh, go through uh, the basics of character creation. How many of you are, have now already managed to get a book? How many of you managed to get through the line and get your book? All right, that's not too many just yet. Uh, but for uh, for the rest of you, uh, good luck, may fortune ever be in your favor. Uh, the the lines are long and and full of terror, but. Uh, today, what we're going to do is walk you through the process so that you understand uh, what it's going to take to make a, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition character. And uh, while we're doing that, we are going to make a character up here on stage. And that's why I was having everyone roll a die. Because whoever rolled a 20, we're building your character. So congratulations, uh, Zachary, I think it was. Yes. So we're going to be building Zachary's character. But uh, Zachary's not going to get any input. Uh, we're going we're gonna to ask everyone else uh, to help us make those choices. And poor Zachary's going to be stuck with whatever character we make for him. Uh, so uh, this should be a lot of fun. Uh, before, uh, let's see, to, to get started here, I'm just going to give you a basic overview of what we're going to be doing, and then we'll just slowly walk through the process and make it happen. So, um, creating a character in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, we, we, we define it as basically what we say is we're, we're, we're asking you to do your A, B, Cs. Pick your ancestry, your background, and your class. Those are the three major decisions that define almost everything about your character. Um, with those um, decisions in place, uh, we know most of what we're going to know about your character. But within each one of those, we get other interesting choices to make. Um, so we're going to walk you through this process. It's, uh, it's uh, surprisingly pretty quick, um, uh, especially once you know the game, uh, which fortunately we do. But we'll walk you through it uh, here anyway. But we'll fill the whole panel with various screwing around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll be it'll fine. Be yeah, fine. yeah. And, uh, and we can we'll, take an hour with we'll this. also uh, make sure uh, toward the end to open it up to just generic Q&A about character generation and stuff like that. So um, right. we should have some time for that. So uh, Step one. 
Well, step one is is come up with a character concept. Yep. Um, right? Just like with every role-playing game, you have to start out by being like, well, what am I trying to build? Um, now, we have a whole bunch of decisions to make, and instead of trying to randomly get a concept, I think we'll probably just skip the concept and, and build the character uh, as we go. Because sure. Zachary doesn't need a character we're concept. we're having random we'll, people decide things. We'll fit the character concept to whatever crazy decisions we make by the yeah. end. But normally you might go, oh, I really want to play a dwarven barbarian who uh, only eats mushrooms. That's, that's the character I want to build. And uh, what, what kind of mushrooms, Jason? Uh, Normal mushrooms or... Well, he only eats special mushrooms. Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. That's a new barbarian what? instinct. How do you think he ranges? <laughs> All right. Uh, Mushroom instinct. So, the Myconist. Um, the Myconist. It has no, one that makes terrible. you grow larger like the giant one because yeah. it's Mario. I don't. That We don't own that copyright. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we don't want to get sued. All right. Ah, uh, uh, yes. The iconic barbarian, Mario Mario. Oh, <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, Normally, that yeah, you'd sit down with the group. You might, you might, you might spend some time hanging out with your group, talking about what everyone's going to play, so that you have a balanced party. You might come up with characters totally in a vacuum and just be like, "This is the group we have. Best of luck to us." Um, there's lots of different ways you can build characters. Most of this really hasn't changed from from first edition or really any other role playing game when making characters. Uh, we do stress that you know maybe having a session zero isn't the worst thing in the world, where everybody gets together and make characters together, so that. You do have a fun party that works well together, and you don't have somebody playing, you know, I'm going to play the most lawful good champion that ever lawful gooded, and then, then you're like, I'm the rogue who steals everything. Uh, you know, those characters aren't going to have a good time together. Or maybe they'll have a great time together. I don't know. Um, so, but, but for this character that we're building here today, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and skip the character yeah. concepts. We're just going to let In the fact, decisions. For we're going to go straight for to my, A. For my form factor use and the fact that I'm using the... Um, character sheet pack which has special character sheets for each class but I asked since we're renting them anyway that we rent them a class first so that I can write it on the sheet for that class Oh, sure. Because if you don't, sure. I can't write it on the so, sheet for that class. Normally we say do your ABCs and you just kind of fill out some of it on scratch paper and then transfer it to a character sheet. But if you already know what class, we actually, the, the character sheet folio has classes in it. Uh, and the class sheets are kind of pre-filled out with some of your proficiencies and whatnot, and some of the things that are automatic. So it makes building a character ridiculously simple. Um, so uh, we we can certainly do that. Uh, but uh, so let's uh, let's go to the next slide. And uh, what well, in, inside inside chapter one, uh, you're going to see a spread of all of the ancestries you have available to you and all of the classes you have available to you. So. Uh, First, uh, so that we can be on the right sheet. We won't make any of the decisions about it yet. We'll do that later. But let's figure out what the class is just so that we have the right sheet that we're filling out information on. And, and there's one of each of these sheets, and there are two of these panels. So whatever you get to pick here, you're denying the future panel. Yeah, the future panel cannot make that character. Yeah. Do so, a defensive move. Block yeah. the other one. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's just see a raise of hands. First one I see, I saw right here. You. Bard, we're bard. building a bard. Excellent. Congrats, Zachary, you're playing a bard. Um, well, that's unfortunate because you're playing a bard. 
Okay. I'm going to staple this character to your core rulebook. All right. We, we've decided it's an atheist bard. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No deities for you. All right. And no soothe, no healing. Yeah, no, none of that. You're going to play music and you're going to like it. All right. Um, that doesn't mean we're going to have to pick spells, so we're going to have to hurry through the rest. Of yeah, all right. Well, we'll, we'll keep things moving. That's all right, true. so let's uh, let's hop back to uh, Ancestry, though. We're going to go back to step one so that we, we have that correct. So now when it comes to Ancestry, obviously you have Dwarf, Elf, Gnome, Goblin, Halfling, and Human. Inside Human, you also have the Half-Orc and Half-Elf trees. Now, this is a bard, so, you know, uh, over there, yeah, right there, yeah. I had Goblin and Orc. Well, and so orc's not I, an option, I, Orc so. isn't an option, so I'm going to go with Goblin. goblin. <laughs> so Goblin Bard it is. Okay. Of course the first character is a Goblin. Well, and, we'll of, get and of the, course, the first character is a bard. Yeah, yeah. That's, we really we shouldn't have expected anything. No, no, no. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, the second panel is going to be really sad when we make them pick other things. Yeah, uh, yeah they can no. still be a goblin. Just, You're okay. ruining the fun for all of them. All right. So, so the next thing we want to do now that we've made our first major choice, we've picked our ancestry. Uh, I know we've picked class already, but we'll we'll get to that. Uh, the, we've picked our ancestry. The next thing we want to do is make the choices within that that allow your first char show, show level so, character to get what? put together. So okay. within Goblin, you have your choice of heritage, and this is kind of what type of Goblin you are. Mark, so why you don't have you, uh, five choices: yeah. Charhide about fire, Iron Gut about eating stuff, Razor Tooth about sharp teeth, Snow about cold, and Unbreakable about like being harder to kill. Which one? Right, so, cartilage in your so skull. let's see a hand. I'm going to try and make sure I pick different hands every time. So right here, you were first. Iron, Iron gut. gut. Okay. A goblin bard who eats garbage. I'm liking this character, Zachary. <laughs> You're going to have a great time playing this character. All right. So He's going to run over to a PFS table and get killed. Our next choice for goblin is going to be an ancestry feat. So um, there's a lot of first level goblin ancestry feats. Uh, there's You're only gonna know the name. Yeah, I'm just gonna give you the name. I can't describe so, what they do. So before oh. before before you do that, um, so as a, as a first level character, the you, you pick your ancestry, you get to pick your heritage, and then you get one feat. Uh, this is one of a couple feats you might get at first level, depending on what class you are and what type of character you get. But feats are really the the kind of the the currency of the realm for picking things to customize your character. Your heritage you only get to pick once. That's just what type of goblin are you. But feats, you get feats every time you level up in Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Now at first level, you're guaranteed to at least have an ancestry feat. There's right. a decent chance based on your class that you might have a class feat as well. Not every class gets one at first level, but many do. Mm -hmm. um, so th this is kind of your first spot where you really get to customize and set yourself apart from, from other other characters. And Goblin has maybe the most first level feats. So we've got the following options. Burn It, City Scavenger, Goblin Lore, Goblin Scuttle, Goblin Song, Goblin Weapon Familiarity, Junk Tinker, Rough Rider, and Very Sneaky. Everybody's saying Goblin Song. I don't even know why it's a question. I mean, I mean that's well, it depends right. on who we call them. They might be the one dissenter. Yeah, that's right. But I think we can give Goblin no, Song. No, no, we're just we're just gonna go Goblin Song. That's that's uh, Zachary, you're you're singing Goblin Songs. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, now now for uh for uh uh 
The one thing that's that's useful uh, for us to be able to see, since we've already picked classes and, and backgrounds, the, I think we have a, a, a shot of what the character sheet yeah. looks like. Now, this yep. is the this is the one that's in the back of the book, and you'll notice that's a lot of boxes. But each one of those has a level or a word at the end of it, especially on the feats page, that basically just tells you if you're of that level, you need to fill out that box. So you'll see in the uh, and the top of the sheet is cut off just a hair uh, in that slide, but it is what it is. Uh, the left-hand column, so the right-hand side of the sheet, left-hand column at the very top is where your ancestry information goes. So you can see the box that says heritage, and you can see the box that says feet first. Yep. So that those are the things you need to fill out. So I need one more thing from you guys, and then we're done with ancestry. Being a goblin, you got dexterity and charisma boosts already, which is fantastic for a bard. And a wisdom penalty, which you know that fits some guards. So, so your your stats are all going to start at ten. Boosts are going to increase by two, and flaws are going to decrease by two. Right. And so, I need another stat that is not dexterity or charisma to be boosted. You could put it in wisdom to cancel the the flaw, or you could put it in strength, constitution, or intelligence. So, pick wh whoever. I has saw back there. That, that sounded That's right fair. to me. Yeah. So, Constitution it is. Thank right, you very so much. So what are our ability scores currently? Our current ability scores at this stage of the process is 10 Strength, 12 Dex, 12 Con, 10 Int, 8 Wisdom, and 14 Charisma. But we've still got a little bit more to go. And that's because I prorated the charisma for being a bard, which technically in the ABCs normally comes in at the, at the class. So, so really, we're at 12. Yes, yeah. we would but, be at 12. We, had, we, had, if we hadn't idea chosen Bart, we would be at don't 12. Don't jump ahead. All right. Um, any, any more so, than we have already jumped So uh, the next thing we're going to do, we've done our ancestry now. That's it. We're done. That's it. We're, we're good on ancestry. There's some information you're going to want to fill out there, like your speed and your hit, uh, the hit points you get from your ancestry. You're going to want to write down on a piece of scratch paper. But well, we're pretty good now. We can, we can move forward to background. Now, there's a lot of backgrounds in the book, and we're not going to yeah. list them all. No. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to call on someone who's going to tell me how this goblin bard grew up, and we'll find a background that fits, because there's like and, 35 and, and of them. And if, you tell, got, a, if you tell us a background that doesn't work, we'll just write it down to put it in a future book. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so I saw a hand way in the back there. Uh, went up right away. He grew up in a ditch. In a that ditch. sounds an awful lot like street urchin to me. Yeah, I think street urchin. <laughs> yes, more street urchins. <laughs> all right. So we picked Street Urchin. Um, so that means that he's going to be trained in thievery. Yeah. He is also going to be trained in a, um, a lore skill for the city where he grew up in a ditch. So whoever said it was a ditch in Magnamar. In Magnamar. Okay. So yeah. he has Magnamar lore. Ditch lore. He, he's specifically got, the ditches. He's got Magnamar lore, specifically the ditches. So, Zachary, when you're playing clerics, are they usually like thieves? Is that most of the time? Once. Oh, okay. right. He has the pickpocket skill feat, which makes him really good at picking people's pockets. And then we're going to take two ability boosts. First, one of them has to be dexterity or constitution. And one can be anything, and if you're going to be nice to Zachary, you might want it to be charisma. So, so uh, let's see. You don't, you don't have to be let's nice. Let's see a hand to pick the to. first one right there. Dex, Dex or con, con. Okay, con. Right. Done. And now the other one, uh, and it can't be con, but it could be Dex if you wanted. All right, charisma. You're look so at nice. you. You're, you're so kind. All right, and that's it. We've now picked our background. The background We've done everything is, we need is to do for that. Set. So, uh, we know that this uh, goblin 
uh, comes from a uh, long line of goblins who eat trash and grew up in the sewers of Magnamar. So I, I think we're starting to see a character concept come together here. Uh, probably oh, yeah. singing for spare change, or maybe singing and having people throw change at him to shut up. Yeah, That's fine. We'll make I don't know, that with work. With that charisma? Yeah, no. It's, well, you can use it for good or ill. So at this point, we're up to 14 con and 14 charisma, if not counting the bard. All right. So, uh... Let's see here. The next thing uh, that we're going to go ahead and take a look at is the class. So now we're up to figuring out everything. We're to, no, we're up to choose a class, which we've yeah. actually already done. Before yeah. we figure out the class details, we're going to do the determinability oh, right. scores step. So you pick your class, but we're, we're going to figure out your ability scores because they do kind of then determine a lot of the things about your class. So here's how that's going to work. Um, we are now at the point where uh, you get your class boost, which is going to be charisma because it's a bard. Yep. And then the next thing you're going to get is four free boosts. This is how you just kind of customize and finalize out your character. So you get four, four of your ability scores are going to go up by two. They have to be in different ability scores. They can't be in the same so one. Pick four different ability scores, everybody. Or maybe There's we should an just easier say, way don't, to do this. Pick two. Let's, yeah. let's pick the two that he's not going to get a boost in. That lets people be mean to him more right. easily. Yeah. Remind everybody what the ability scores are at right now. They, they are currently at 10 strength, 12 dexterity, 14 constitution, 10 intelligence, 8 wisdom, and 16 charisma. So okay. it's looking pretty good for a bard so far. But so I saw one hand right there. Okay. Wisdom. So it's right, not getting a boost in, boost in wisdom. Now, somebody can pick one more score, and that's the other score he's not going to get a boost in. And I'm going to go right here. Okay. Intelligence. Great. Hey, they're nice. All right. So you get, you get your charisma. Um, so we have ended with 12 strength, 14 dexterity, 16 constitution, 10 intelligence, 8 wisdom, and 18 charisma. So you don't know much, but you sure can convince people that you that, do. That sounds, sounds, sounds survivable. Maybe that's, he that's, became a politician off of the streets. The, 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely shaping up to be a very fine goblin that grew up in a sewer. All right. Uh, now we're going to do the class details. All right. So uh, let's get uh, over. We're, oh, wow, at this point in time, we're going to go ahead and flip over to the bar. Now, the first thing you do when you're filling out a character, uh, once you get to your class, is you, you have a long list of your proficiencies. Yeah. Which, and those and are already boxed that, in on this yeah. sheet. Because we're using one of the sheets for the class, those are already all filled in, but just so everybody gets a sense of those, why all don't right. you go ahead and, and all right. just so list them real here's quick. what you got. You are going to be an expert in perception. You're going to be trained in fortitude and reflex, expert in will. You're trained in occultism, performance, and, and this is where we're going to get our first choice, Four plus intelligence modifier additional skills, a.k.a. four, because yeah. we have ten intelligence. Thank you for not increasing intelligence. Yeah. That's one fewer question we have You're trained ask. in simple weapons plus the longsword, rapier, sap, short bow, short sword, and whip, as well as unarmed attacks. And your defenses are trained in light armor and unarmored defense, but nothing heavier than that. Your spells are trained in occult spell attacks and spell DCs. So you heard a lot of, you heard trained and expert pretty frequently there. Trained just means... When you're determining your bonuses, you're going to add your level plus two. And expert means you're going to add your level plus four. So, like, for their perception, they're going to be getting a plus five. And for most of the trained things, they're going to be getting a plus three. Yep. Yeah. So, so his perception is going to be plus four because of the minus one from wisdom. Um, 
<laughs> He's Which too busy the, singing to be paying attention. It's great because clerics have really high wisdom, and this is the opposite of that. Yeah. So um, we do have a choice to make, which is to pick four skills that are not occultism, that are not performance, and that are not thievery, because we already got that for free. So Yeah, you can't use any of these to increase yourself above trained. These are just additional things that you are trained in. I feel like this list is too long. Yeah, so we don't need to just say what skill you want. We'll, yeah. we'll tell you the new Either if it's a first edition skill. Yeah, I mean, say you can, a second edition or first uh, edition skill. They, and... they can actually read them up on the oh, screen. Oh, wait, yeah, they're so, there. Uh, read it off on the screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, if you can. Very right, right there. Deception. Deception. Okay. Yeah, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Done. Yeah. They've got that already. Already got performance. Intimidation. Intimidation and diplomacy, so I'll sure. take both. One yeah. more skill. Medicine. One more. Medicine. Awesome. Medicine. Well, when you grow up on the streets. Okay. All right, we've got all Sounds of our like skills. another goblin with a pickle pouch. All awesome. Right. So um, you gain some additional abilities that are already on the sheet. Occult spell casting with a spell repertoire of spells that you can spontaneously cast anything that's in the repertoire. Uh, the, this is to, your bardic spell. That's casting. your bardic spell. Yeah. We're going to have to pick those eventually. Um, you also have composition spells. You have counterperformance, a reaction that lets you stop like the harpy's song or something like that uh, for one focus point. And you have inspire courage composition cantrip that you can just every round inspire people's courage. But by singing, by, or or however he wants to perform, it could be mime. I don't know. Um, oh, but goblin mime, fire him into the sun. You're gonna have to pick first. Um, your first choice is which, what is your muse? As a bard, you have something that inspires you, um, and the three options in the core rulebook are an enigma muse, which is a mystery driving you to uncover hidden secrets of the multiverse, the maestro, a muse that's a virtuoso inspiring you to reach greater heights of performance. Uh, or a polymath, a jack-of-all-trades flitting between skills and pursuits that inspires you to just try out everything in the world. So which of those three types of muses do we have? Polymath. Okay. I was really hoping for Enigma muse, just so that it's like, he's a sewer goblin who wants to unravel the mysteries of the universe. With ten intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> so because of, uh, because of being a polymath, uh, this bard is going to have the versatile performance feat, which lets you play an instrument to do a bunch of your social skills, uh, and the unseen servant spell. So to go get trash and bring it to you. Yeah. To to arrange your trash into yes. pleasing piles. Ah. Yeah. That's right. very nice. Oh, I just realized something, which is if we're using this, that means the next one is not only not going to be a bard, it's not going to be a spellcaster. Because we're going to be using the spell sheet for this. Part. That's their burden to bear. Okay. Yes. So um, we we automatically gained um, unseen servant, and now we gain an additional two spells from the first level occult list and five spells from the cantrips. So I feel like. Let them pick the two first level spells, we'll and I feel like we'll, we'll figure, figure out, out the cantrips. Uh, so, uh, what you're seeing, by the way, on the screen now is the backsides of the extra sheets from the core rulebook. These are a little different than the ones in the uh, in the character sheet folio. The ones in the character sheet folio give you some more space for extra spell slots and stuff. But obviously, you can just make copies of additional pages. And if you're not playing a spellcaster, you don't need that page at all. Uh, there's then the page next to that, which is filled with like 
personal details and, and information that you can fill out about your character. Some people will, some people won't, right? So. Yeah, we kind of figured that uh, for the character sheet, if you're not playing a spellcaster, you can just use the first two pages. And you'll yeah, pretty, you, you can just go with the standard two-page, two-sided piece of paper, and you're good to go. Um, so Mark's uh, filling out uh, uh, some of that. Uh, we, we need to pick two first-level occult spells. Um, I realize some of you have books already. What's the page on that? It's page 311 to 312. So for those of you with books, it's going to be a lot easier if, uh, if I call upon people with books the to pick these two spells. The rest of you are just going to have to guess. Yeah, it's no. going to name spells out of thin air. Yeah, no, and, it, and if they have it, we'll... Uh, They've we'll got magic missile. They've oh, got soothe. Right. We're not giving him magic missile. Come on now. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, let's go back there. Oh, yeah. Ventriloquism. Okay. Right. Super useful. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's only got one more first level spell. Are you going to so, give him something he can use in combat? Uh, illusory disguise. That's okay. what you get. Yeah, no. Right. This, is, this, is, this is what you got. Ventriloquism and illusory disguise. As it turns out, when you live in the sewer and you're constantly being hounded by the town guard, uh, being able to change what you look like or throw your voice is really useful. So, you know, those... those We'll make sure to give you some cantrips that uh, that'll. All right, so yeah, a, I'm gonna pick your five up. cantrips for you, and while I'm doing that, um, why don't you guys move on to? So the next step is buying equipment. Yeah, so uh, we've uh, we've got. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk about buying your equipment uh, when you. Uh, so before we do that, though, actually, to be to be clear, we've now basically built most of the character. That that's kind of it. Uh, and we are running a panel, and that was 25 minutes. Uh, you can do it even faster, yeah. right? And, and, and um, if you're doing your own character, you might be taking some time to read through spells. Oh, if you're sure. playing a non-spellcaster, yeah. you're probably going to have a feat and have some time to pick a yeah. feat and that kind of stuff. Instead of randomly giving punitive things to poor Zachary here, uh, <laughs> the, uh, you, you might take some care. 18 charisma. It's not no, that it's, Yeah, yeah you, you guys got him to 18 charisma. I wasn't Could sure have that very was easily ended up with like a 14. All right. Yep. Uh, so um, the next step is right, going to him. be to uh, pick your gear. Um, we'll keep this relatively simple. Uh, characters start with 15 gold pieces now. That's, that's a smaller number of gold than you might be familiar with in first edition, right? In first edition, generally, you had 100 or 150. Um, prices are also lower. Yeah, we also changed the prices so that for your first couple levels, silver pieces are actually valuable treasure um, as opposed to just automatically being like copper. I throw it at the nearest kobold's face. Um, so for, for ease, I think we should make them buy the bard kit first and then fill out the rest of what they want. Yeah, I'm mostly I'm mostly concerned about buying uh, a weapon. That's uh, So the bard kit With has... those spells, yeah, you want a decent so weapon. Yeah. I got him telekinetic projectile and daze for um, some attack cantrips, yeah. but um, the bard kit comes with a dagger, rapier, and a sling with 20 sling bullets as part of its kit. Um, what we have here, and I'll show you the is page. Is that page 289? In page 289 is... A kit for each class that's a fairly good starting kit. The bard kit is only going to use up um, four bulk out of the uh, and three light out of the six bulk you can carry. So you've got a pretty good leeway to pick up a few like light items as well. And it only costs six gold and eight silver out of your fifteen. So you've got more than half of it left for um, purchases. What you'll wind up with is studded leather armor. So thank whoever put that last point in strength because that is exactly enough strength to not take any penalties from it. 
a dagger, a rapier, the sling with the 20 bullets, an adventurer's backpack, uh, which is full of a certain degree of things that you can look up. It comes with basic things like rope, uh, a bandolier, a handheld musical instrument, and a sheath for um, your weapon. So that is everything that he already has from the bard kit. But let's spend some more of his money. Yeah. Um, how, much, how much money do you have left? He has eight gold kit? and two silver left because we That's also we did the subtraction for you and we tell you how much is left. So let's let's find three more items to to equip this poor character and think, think basic items here. Folks. Well, and, and, <laughs> and, and this character loves eating things and yeah. drinking things presumably. So we might want to look at some potions. We've got a little kind of selection of like here are some yeah. first level commonly available potions that are in the equipment chapter instead of just back with the magic item. Yeah, so you can start with like a yeah, minor potion of healing or something. Um, so, alright, right right here. He's got to have alchemist an alchemist fire. fire. That's right. fair. Okay. There is a slight problem with our strategy, which is that there is one of the copy of the sheet with the equipment. I will figure it out. <laughs> okay. Sure. I mean, that, that, that's a sheet for all your equipment over an adventuring career. The, we can probably there, just make sure it's on the goblin. There's. Let's uh, let's just put the equipment on that goblin sheet, and then, well, if someone makes a martial character, they might have more equipment. They can okay. steal the equipment um, sheet. I'll put it in his general feats. Sure. Okay. All right. I'm going to put in his general feats. <laughs> Uh, if you level this character up later, Zachary, you're not going to get any general feats because you already filled <laughs> you out. You have studded leather your, armor at level your, your general feats are being taken up by studded leather armor. All right. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's go ahead and buy an alchemist fire, the lesser alchemist fire, which okay. I think is... Is it three? It might be three. It's in there. Yep. Actually, Logan, can you look that up? Well, sure. I'll wait. No, because I'm literally looking at... The pages that I'm we'll on for the thing that I'm writing. I'll have it open We're experts. Here it's three? Yeah, it sounds like three. All right, uh, th three it is. So that's about half of what we have left. And not much left, but you, you do now have an alchemist fire, so yeah. good on you. All right, uh, over here. Minor. Okay. A pot. Is there is there some sort of cook implement? Uh, that would be here if it was. Cookware, one GP. All right. All right, we're gonna get cookware. All right, so that's that leaves four gold and two silver how, how left. How much bulk is the cookware? Oh yeah, uh, it's two. Two. Uh -oh. <laughs> Sorry, we bought it for you. You're now encumbered. Uh because you're covered in pots and pans. Because it's not just one pot; it's like a bunch. You're 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 like jangling around with pots and pans. No. Uh, you, you can use the, the cast iron as a shield. Yeah, sure. Sure. Some gyms might allow that. I mean, maybe as a buckler. In fact, yeah, the pots and pans could be his instrument. He could just yeah, be playing we, we, we didn't yeah. decide what type of instrument you had, but that is an important decision for a bard, I think. Uh, it's a kazoo. So, 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 so let's, let's do this. He, he actually isn't encumbered yet because he took 12 strength. He's getting there. Barely, but as, as soon as they buy anything else that is of at least one bulk, he will. All right, a heavy musical instrument is 16 bulk. Wait, <laughs> you give him He's a grand a piano? Cello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going we're gonna to give him one more piece of equipment. Oh, yeah, because he, he has heal. That's five gold, though. Oh, oh he, he can't I afford he can't it. Afford he just it. barely can't. Yeah, no, sorry, the alchemist fire. He, he had to, he had to have the he had to have the alchemist fire. All right, so we're gonna give him. Oh yeah, because he's a pickpocket. Uh, he tools three GP. He can afford that. 
He has about a golden pocket change left. So how much does that light bulk? Yes, it is. Oh, he squeezed out <laughs> with randomly assigned heavy cookware. Just, just barely. <laughs> okay, so that leaves him with um, gold one gold and two silver in, in change. What's, what's something cheap? But Jason said that that would be the last thing. Oh, so I'll have a little bit. We can leave him with a little bit of pocket change. That's all right. That's all right. And his bulk is six bulk and five light. He can carry five more light things. All right. All right. So uh, at this point in time, you you're kind of reaching the point of character generation where you're going to go through and fill out a whole lot of details. Should we um, make him have an alignment in deity that they chose for him? Oh, that yeah. sounds reasonable. He loves clerics so much. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and and, and we'll need a random source of name. As we're well. gonna yeah, we'll get a name in just a second. Let's pick a uh, non-evil alignment, uh, just so that this character is PFS well, legal. Let's, yeah. just let's, in case. We'll, we'll ask one question for the first axis and one question for the second axis. That's fair. All right. Uh, right there. Uh yeah, we'll just, uh yeah, we'll just take that. I don't want to belabor it too much. Okay. Uh, yeah, so chaotic neutral and uh let's pick a deity. Um <laughs> Yes, that's it. He's a worshiper of Rasmir. That's why his charisma is so high in his other That's right. All hail back. the living god. <laughs> that's Have great. fun in the boneyard. It's going to be great. All right. Uh <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. All right. Okay. Uh, All right. So what are we missing? We're short a name. Yeah, we're short a name. We can fill in the level. Um, the player name is Zachary, so I can. Yeah, no, we got that. <laughs> um, the level is one. Experience points is zero. Um, so yeah, I think name is the only thing that they have to pick at this point, and gender and pronouns. Well, we'll leave that. Uh, that that's fine. But let's let's go ahead and get a name. I saw a hand shoot up right there. Goober the Gutter Goblin. That's his stage name, to be fair. We, I mean... We've got a nice large box for the character name, so that should yeah. all fit in there. Yeah, that all fits easily, and I left space for gender and pronouns. His real full name is Goobtholomew. <laughs> That's right. That, the third, yeah, no. A very proud lineage of Gutter Goblins. All right. Uh, so... Um, that's that's kind of it. Like other than other than like filling out the the formulas, right? So yep, all those things that right were now. like, oh, you're trained. Well, your level plus two is a three, and we would add an ability score. You know, so you know if we were talking about, oh, you're trained in diplomacy. He's seven. That would, be, that would be level plus three plus your charisma modifier. So that's uh, or sorry, level plus two. Yeah, going to be a three. Be seven plus that. charisma is four, so it's going to be seven, right? Whereas his, magnum, his magnumar lore is three, and his medicine is a um, delightful two, even though he's trained. Yeah, so if you run up yeah. to, to Goob and are like, I'm dying, I'm bleeding, he's just going to stick a finger. He also in the, doesn't the, have like, a healer's kit because he couldn't afford it, so he takes an additional minus two penalty for improvising Dude. and using pickles or something. Yeah, using whatever he could find <laughs> in the gutter. It's, a, it's, it's not the best medicine. But it's what it's what he can afford. Laughter he's, is the best medicine, so he'll take hideous laughter yeah. when he can. What's he doing? His best. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I filled everything out except his melee strikes. So I'll fill out his melee strikes. There we go. All right. So uh, here in 35 it. minutes, we have crowdsourced an entire character from beginning all the way to end. 
And that is how you build a character in Pathfinder 2nd Edition. We're going to go ahead and open it up to uh, questions. Uh, if folks would like to queue up, if you have any questions about character generation, or to be honest, any questions about the game itself, uh, we'll be happy to take them. Uh, we're going to go ahead and queue up every couple questions. We'll try and take a question from Twitch. So if uh, folks just want to queue up there at the microphone, if you have a question, and, we'll and be you will happy be, to answer them. You will be broadcast on Twitch if yeah. you're on the microphone, so make sure you're comfortable yeah. with that. Yeah, if you're not okay with that, don't walk up to the microphone. So I have a question about PFS. Uh, in Pathfinder 1st Edition, there is the 150 gold that you would get, but obviously that wasn't in the core rulebook for that everyone got, depending on the class. Is there any differences in character creation that we have to watch out for before PFS? Because I will be playing yeah. tomorrow. Do you, do you have I mean, they have the same... Oh. So they have the same amount of money, but mm -hmm. Zachary, do you plan on playing this character in Pathfinder Society? Uh, sure. Okay, in that case, um, just really quick, just to show you how little else you have to do and have a Pathfinder Society legal character, I'm going to crowdsource two more options. I need a faction. Are you a member of the Horizon Hunters that goes around the world searching for stuff? Are you a member of the Envoys Alliance who help out the other Pathfinders? Are you a member of the Vigilant Seal who protect, contain, and destroy dangerous items? Are you a member of the Grand Archive who publish a lot of um, information? Or two of the minor factions, the Radiant Oath who are like very do-gooders and try to help people out? Or the Verdant Wheel which is a nature faction about the cycles of nature? So p somebody pick one of those and I will write it. Verdant Wheel. Okay. Makes so, perfect sense. You know what? They talk about the purging fire in Verdant Wheel. Oh, that's fair. Definitely yeah, the no, so that, and then yeah. last decision, which is um, there are three schools of training in Pathfinder Society. The swords teaches basically combat techniques. The spells teaches magic. And the scrolls teaches about like learning and knowledge. Um, also, you could be field commissioned if you didn't get trained, but you were so great that they just brought you in for that. Which of those four things? Sword, spell, scrolls, or field commission. Field commission. Field yeah. commission. All right. Training so. for Goop the Gutter Goblin? I don't think so. All right. I'm now, that is all. That's there are it? some other choices you can make later in Pathfinder Society, but that is it. That's all so, you had to do, and now you have a Pathfinder Society legal character. So, and I think you were also asking if there were any other differences. Like, were there yeah. elements that are like, oh, it works this way in the core rulebook and this way in Pathfinder Society? Is there also anything that's uh, there aren't. taken out that you that's uh, banned? I don't. There's one yeah. skill feat that uh, um, of all the common options is banned is connections because it's like the GM decides you knew somebody okay. in this area and in Pathfinder Society since it's an organized play setting that's, that's really hard or impossible yeah. to use. You, you don't so want to have like it. a different connection every single session. There are six and, and it's supposed to be in different areas and it's just a lot of work for the GM in organized play. There's 640 pages. That is the only common option that is banned. Yeah. Thank one you. thing. <laughs> <laughs> So, I have a question from Twitch from a uh, nervous person. Uh, how does alignment affect character uh, generation in meaningful ways? Um, so, there's a couple different ways that alignment impacts your character. Um, it's mostly going to be for certain classes. Yeah. So, the champion has to be certain alignments. Um, in the core rulebook, we have just the good alignments. There's an, a champion option for each of those. The one you already know is the paladin. There's also a redeemer uh, for neutral good. And there's the liberator for chaotic good. Uh, then the uh, cleric is going to be um, limited to kind of their gods allowed alignments. Uh, and those are not quite as uh, formulaic as they were in first edition, where it's kind of like, well, if they're this alignment, you can pick anything within one step. Now we kind of looked at the individual gods and said, 
these are the alignments that this god will allow. Um, and if you're, you know, designing your own gods, you would do something similar to build out your god. Well, it allowed us also to make sure that we didn't have some, like, it was just a blanket rule in first edition that was like, you have to be within one step of your deity, which meant that, you know, you could be a neutral follower of an evil god. And for some gods, that's probably fine. But there are certainly some evil gods that you can't credibly worship and not be evil. It's yeah. like, Rovagug wants to eat the world. Yeah. You don't get to be neutral yeah. and want to eat the world. That's yeah, not, stand by those are them. not compatible. <laughs> uh, but most of the other alignment restrictions, if I, if I remember correctly, those are the only two classes that have any, like the barbarian doesn't have one, the monk doesn't have one, the druid right. doesn't have one. So yeah, you no, can we, now be a barbarian monk multi-class and it's a really fun multi-class if you pick the barbarian, this animal, and uses unarmed attacks. Yeah, we, we stripped a lot of that away. So, next question, please. Actually, it dovetails in very well with the uh, multi-class thing. What is the multi-class analog called now, and can you expand on the mechanics? It's called multi-classing, okay. and basically the way it works now is instead of mixing and matching that you took a level in one class or another, you always progress your main class every time you level up. You never have to divert and lose out on the ability to take power, more powerful options from that class. But you just, instead of some of your class's feats, you take the things you wanted out of the other class. And so, to, be, to be clear, these are multi-class archetypes. So archetype um, is kind of anything that you kind of do in that similar fashion. And the core rulebook has a multi-class archetype for each class. So, so at its heart, uh, you know, every, every time you gain an even-numbered level in a class, you get a class feat. And usually what you spend that on is things to make you a better, more powerful member of your class. So if you're playing a fighter, they would be combat abilities. If you're playing a spellcaster, they might be things that add to the spellcasting capabilities of your character. If you're a bard, they're going to be things that allow you to sing better or eat more trash out of the sewer. I don't know. We'll find out. And um, to use Zachary's bard as an example of what you could do, though, you guys built him with kind of a little bit of a thievery angle, right? Yeah. So if he multiclassed into Rogue at second level, he could get a new bard feat, but Rogue is actually pretty appealing. He has 14 dexterity that meets the requirement. He would gain an extra skill feat, the rogue surprise attack class feature that lets enemies be flat-footed if Zachary goes first in combat. It would give him training in stealth or thievery plus another skill of his choice. And since he already had thievery, it would replace the thievery with something else. So he would get three more skills. Um, and then he would be trained in rogue class DC, which he wouldn't need yet. All for one feat at second level, he would get Three skills, a skill feat, and surprise attack. So that's, I mean, you could find a really good bard thing at second level. That's pretty appealing. So the way that works is you can then just take your class feats and start devoting them to an archetype and buying things from the archetype. So it's like you took the entire archetype and bolted it to your character. And now those are class feats that you can take as opposed to the other class feats. Now, the only restriction we put on that is we say, yeah, once you take the dedication, you need to take a couple feats from that before we let you take another dedication to grab another archetype and bolt it to your character. And we do that so that if you're going to be like, oh, I'm gonna be a bard who has some rogue abilities. Oh, and I also want some fighter abilities. Well, take a couple more rogue abilities first so that it solidifies the concept in your character and you're not just taking it for one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. Um, it, it, does, it does force your character to gel a little bit more before you move on to the next thing. But that's how all of that works. That's how every archetype works. That's how uh, multi-classing works, is you just start swapping out some of the core of the class that you are, some, some expansion into that, into expansion into another 
arena. Okay, thank you. Uh, we have another question from Twitch from Rapid.com. Are there any uh, variants of bardic powers that don't require musical instruments to use? Um, well, pretty much none of them requires a um, a musical instrument to use. You you get a sing, you can orate, you can get yeah. yeah, orate, you can dance, you can you will perform with your bard the way that you want. There's only one thing that um, the class has, which is certain of them require you to be using a visual performance, where so people can see you doing it, like dancing, and certain have to be auditory, so people can hear you like singing or a musical instrument. So you can't mix and match those without, I think there's a feat that actually lets you mix and match those, but normally you can't. But other than that, you can do whatever kind of performance you want that can be heard or that can be seen. And I picture that our our, our goblin friend here is probably doing some form of pan flute. And by that, I mean he has a flute and he hits pans with it. Well, he also has a goblin song feat, so singing is probably part... Oh, there's some singing, singing in there, too. Singing is probably part of his... It's a cacophony, his rep, his really. repertoire. Um, by the end, most enemies are just like, yeah, I give up. You can, yeah, just, just take the treasure. I don't... Uh, please just stop. Do we have more questions? Oh, you're kind of locked in. All right, well, uh, why don't you say it and we'll repeat it. So the question was, what's the biggest thing that's changed from the playtest that was kind of the hardest to figure the out? Math. Um, yeah, the math? The, we changed the scale of the proficiency bonuses. Yeah, that, that probably happened. was the, like, the most wide-reaching thing. Uh, resonance also got removed, which necessitated oh, yeah. a lot of changes, but it just wasn't quite the sheer scope. Of the, there was also a the giant scope change to the spells chapter but it wasn't like one change it was uh, uh, tons of changes so i would say probably other than just additions that we added pages things that were altered that were long undertakings were math removing resonance and therefore changing the magic items and making a lot of changes on the spells yeah i, I think that i've been asked a lot like oh what's changed from the playtest and i'm like everything and Nothing. The, and the, and the core of the game was the, very the, successful the, the, and stayed the, the same. The, the yeah. core is what was working. That we kept. We tinkered with almost everything else. And a lot of the times it was big global changes like, oh, we decided to rename, you know, circumstance or, modifier. No, conditional, oh, conditional conditional modifiers status. to status so that we so didn't Jason have, wouldn't do the exact thing so that he just I did. I wouldn't do the thing I just did, which was say, oh, we have circumstance modifiers and conditional modifiers. Those two sound really close to one another, and checking to see which one it is, it's really easy to get a mix-up in your head. But little things like that, it's a little change. We just changed it from conditional to status, that way it's further apart word-wise. Um, but that makes the game a lot easier to understand, because that's it's just simpler to remember that the, those are two different and things. And similarly, we changed the sluggish condition to the clumsy condition because it sounded like slowed and sluggish sounded really similar. Um, yeah. And you'll also notice like a couple of the things we mentioned, the math and the spells. Uh, both of those spoke to a part of the playtest where people were finding that spellcasters were not being as effective as they wanted. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they were, they were kind of nerfed in too many different ways from first edition. And so we kind of like made them more successful, made their spells a little more impactful while still keeping them about the power level that, that we wanted them to long run. Yeah. Well, let's see where we're at here. I always like to end these things about 10 too, so we have technically in the room. So I have time for like maybe one or two more questions. Uh, we got someone in the back there who's kind of locked in. Uh, we'll, we'll repeat yeah, your question.
So the question was, the three rogue rackets in the core rulebook, the thief, the ruffian, and the scoundrel, uh, none of those three gives you something that directly speaks to a ranged attack. Is there a plan to immediately put out one that does? So for the rogue's rackets, the rogue's racket is, to be clear, not a combat style necessarily. It's about when someone's creating a Ocean's Eleven style heist, what did they hire you for the crew for? And, to be fair, maybe someone did hire you to the crew to be the sniper who was on the roof who was going to pick somebody off. But it wouldn't just be, um, it wouldn't just be, oh, archery, combat style. The one who does goes into combat styles a lot, and that's their main thing is the fighter. Um, we would definitely make cool feats for the rogue that involve being a, um, a ranged attacker, but I think we would do that probably sooner. Um, I, I would say we would be more likely to see something that feels like someone who has a role in a crew of thieves, like a mastermind who plots things before we necessarily saw one that was just like an archer. But I've been yeah. wrong in the past. Well, we would have to say something like, okay, what does it mean to be a, a sniper rogue? Or what right. are like, or say, say it's the lookout. And yeah. so it's like, I'm going to stay at a distance. I get, you know, some special perception things and I'm better at ranged attacks because that's, that's kind of my, my spot, like physically my location. That's and and that would make sense. I, I think every... You know, looking at this book, and now now that that all of our secrets are laid bare, um, it, there's so many places we can take it. And it, th this isn't the panel where we're going to be making any announcements where we're going. For that, you want to make sure you're at the Paizo uh, 2019 and Beyond seminar on Saturday. Uh, that's the one where we're going to be making big announcements about what's coming out in the future. Um, but I, it, it's not hard to imagine some of the directions we might go. And, and just asking questions like, wow, this seems really cool. I wish there was a version that did X, Y, or Z. Yeah, those are the same questions we're asking ourselves uh, all the time. To be like, where do we want to take this? Where can it go? And the sky's the limit. So uh, I don't know that Archer will be necessarily the way, but Lookout or Sniper could be. Um, I don't know yet. We'll we'll see as we as we kind of explore all the space that we've now created with this game. All right, I have time for uh, just one last question. If anybody has one, does is there Twitch any more on Twitch? Does Twitch have no? one? No, no, no we're all okay. good. Okay. They know how to make right. a character now. We've done well, two videos before this. Yeah, no, it's fine. All right, so uh, we we have one last one right here, and we'll take this one and then we'll call it. I've got a question for you on those sheets that you have. Okay, let's say I want to take a wizard, and eventually Vanessa will make the kineticist, so I want to multi-class in the kineticist. How am I going to be able to do that on those specialty sheets? Or well, like if that? you want to multi-class into a class that doesn't exist yet, then... Um, <laughs> well, I'm using this as an example. Let's say sure. wizard Let's and Let's say it was wizard uh, and then fighter. fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in that case, all you have to do is, let's say you were barred because we have the bard. But this sheet is almost the same. Is when you get to your second level or your feet, um, you would write in fighter dedication, and then now you've got it. And then your fourth level feet, let or sixth level feet. Let's say you took attack of opportunity, you would write attack of opportunity. And so every time yeah. you take because a they, space they, for it, every yeah. time you take it, the archetypes all use your class feet slots, right. and you have an open space in your character sheet for each class feet. On the so, regular sheet. Yeah. yeah. All right. What about the specialty sheet? No, they, they have that space, too. They have too. it on there, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, in, in either case, the answer is the same. When you would get a new class feat, you would just write down fighter dedication. That's the name of the feat. 
And okay. you took that feat as opposed to taking extend some, spell or whatever, right? You know, some 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 random feat, right, okay. from the wizard list. Okay. Um, and and those just fill out your character sheet. So like, um, at at its heart, it's just you're just making slightly different choices, but they're still the same type of choice that everyone else makes. It's not like it's an extra thing. Is that, does it, will that work the same way when you put when the uh, Lost Omens comes out with the archetypes? Yep. Same exact thing. Exact there. same. You way. would write in the you are a Lion Blade dedication. One of the players in my War for the Crown game has that dedication, and then you if you took the Lion Blade. Feet that lets you spend an action to just give yourself a mischance for a round, Flicker, you would just write Flicker at level 12. So if you're interested in learning a little more here at 4 p.m. on the Gen Con Twitch stream, I'm going to be running a live game where all four players are playing rogues. <laughs> all four of them. You wouldn't do horrors, kind with, of. <laughs> uh, with different uh, archetypes and directions. So it's four rogues that all play drastically differently. So I'll have to catch oh, we're you doing, on Twitch. We're doing that uh, from 4 to 6 on the Gen Con Twitch. So if you're uh, if you're around, make sure to check it out. I think it's over in the West End too. There might even be seats still available in the crowd. All right, everybody. I want to thank you guys for coming. I hope you have a fantastic Gen Con 2019. Uh, I hope you get a chance to go pick up the book, and we will see you at the next panel. Thank you. Hey everyone, I'm here with Logan Bonner from Paizo. You just got done creating our first Pathfinder 2 character. Now, how many Pathfinder 2 characters have you all made? I have not actually made that many because I was GMing uh -huh. all our playtest games. Right. So I was, you know, compiling all the monsters and stuff. Uh, so uh, the rest of the crew have made a lot more. We also had some different people from throughout the company kind of join in on our playtests. Uh -huh. So a lot of people kind of, uh, uh, like we had one group for each of the Doomsday Dawn chapters that used the same characters. Uh, so they kind of kept coming back for more. And then each of the other ones we had uh, kind of brought in guest stars. So we always had like the uh, the design team and a bunch of those, but we also brought in all, a lot of other people. So I think everybody who is involved in that has made more characters than I personally have at this point. So you've walked people through making a lot of the characters. Mm -hmm. then. Do, you, how, do you find that people are picking it up more quickly or that characters are being made faster than we might be used to in yeah. first edition? Um, I think there's a little bit, especially like with the people I'm normally working with, they're mm -hmm. very familiar with Pathfinder first edition. Mm -hmm. So there was like a little bit of a learning curve, but like once they, they got there, yeah, I think it was it was going quite a bit faster and I was also the other characters I did make were for my uh, my games at PaizoCon because uh, I did a playtest game and uh, for PaizoCon UK uh, and PaizoCon US uh, I made characters for that and then I made um, characters for this year at PaizoCon I made actual full-on second edition characters wow. so the, those are the main ones I made and yeah it's it's a lot quicker and also I think it gives you a better sense of the character as you're building it because you you can go into it with like no real big idea about the character's backstory and still find out stuff about them as you're kind of selecting your ancestry and defining it further and selecting your background. And there's also just kind of more variability because instead of getting like, well, I'm a dwarf, so I hate all these particular uh, creatures and I have these bonuses, a lot of that stuff is now selectable, so you can kind of be like, well, is this the thing I cared about the most or is this? And so you can kind of uh, get a little more definition in there that way. So this has been a relatively big Gen Con that we've announced that yep. they've sold out their tickets. Also, according to Mark Softer, you all may be selling out of uh, Fall of Plaguestone. I'm guessing it's probably gone by now. Oh no! They no, had a, they had a few more upstairs, but da but down at the booth there were like this many. Oh. So what is Gen Con like for you this year? 
Uh, you know, I only had a half hour at the booth, so it was hectic. Uh -huh. And then I came up here, so I'm I'm not sure what it's going to be like when I return. It might be a complete madhouse. Uh, it's one of those things. It's like it's very exciting, but it's also kind of scary because it's like this is the the big debut of the game. And you know, at Paizocon we had a lot of really great feedback, and people really enjoyed themselves. But you never know when it. You know, when everybody has the whole book, and it's you know hitting everybody's. Uh, uh, mailbox or they're picking up a Gen Con, you know, what are the responses going to be like? So I'm really looking forward to kind of keep talking to people throughout the con and figure out their first impressions. Okay. So at this point, I was sort of almost imagining you Mission Impossible style coming down <laughs> from the ceiling, monitoring yeah. people's games in the PFS room. Has that been arranged yet? Uh, unfortunately, like there are some kind of uh, legal restrictions on setting up that kind of rig. Uh, in the hall, so I'm probably just gonna have to like walk by and just lean over and look at their games, unfortunately. And when will be the next time we see you? Uh, the next time you see me, I actually have to look up uh, right quick uh, mm -hmm. because I uh, I'm going to be uh, he in in this room pretty often. Uh, I believe tomorrow uh, for the Pathfinder Rules Q and A at 11 a.m. is the next mm -hmm. time I'm going to be here. Uh, I'm also, uh, in addition to the Paizo streams, I'm going to be at the Gen Con streaming studio on uh -huh. Saturday at three o'clock, okay. uh, which is going to, which is one of the uh, Gen Con's official streaming uh, right. channels, and so I'm also going to be talking about uh, Paizo stuff there. Excellent. And I'll see some people in the chat talking about the uh, actual play that Jason just talked about earlier. That's actually going to be me and Lauren. Fuck over here. It's going to be and Lauren, and that's not, we are not going to be stopping coverage of the Pazzo seminars. They will actually happen simultaneously. Uh, so if you want to watch that, you'll have to be over at the, at the Gen Con official stream. But don't worry if you're sticking here with official Pazzo, Vanessa, and more of the crew from Pazzo will be keeping you all entertained and keeping everything going. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Logan. Thank you. Have a great Gen Con. I hope to see you very All right. soon. Yeah, you will. All right, everybody, we are going to get set up for the next panel. Until then, have a great time. And that was part of No Direction's 2019 Gen Con seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. If you'd like to find more great content like this, go to nodirectionpodcast.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters for making content like this possible. If you'd like to support the network and see that future content is created, you can do so at patreon.com slash nodirection, or click on the Patreon link at nodirectionpodcast.com. <laughs>